You are listening to Hounds Tooth Heroes. Some call us the fully integrated sports taco. This is the holy shit. We won the national championship edition. Some quick housekeeping. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud or at Hounds Tooth Heroes. Thank you, as always, to the Mothership Roll, Bama Roll, for allowing us to be their most unofficial fo- podcast. And finally, you can find us and subscribe on iTunes or on our Facebook page or on Twitter at H2th Heroes. And hey, guess what? We're going to be a website. Website, y'all. Uh-huh. But more about that in a bit. But uh, let's go ahead and get started with uh, the usual con- the usual uh, conversation. What are you drinking, Ellis Metz? Well, I'll tell you what I am drinking and then follow that up with what I would like to be drinking. Oh. Uh, currently, I have some Woodford Reserve, which is great on a frigid North Pole night that I'm dealing with right now. Hold up there in Nashville, is it? It is. Yeah, we're, we're in the teens. There's an 80% chance of snow tonight, so I get oh. to leave the faucets dripping like a Wisconsinite. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I would like to be drinking and will be drinking here in apparently just a matter of days is one Hop Slam from Bell's Brewery. You've heard mm-hmm. us talk about it. And I spent my entire commute home calling every liquor store in Nashville I could find until I got a hold of one person, I wish I knew his name, at Frugal McDougal's here in Nashville that said they'll be carrying it at the start of February. And I am excited. That is a reason to get pumped. Mm-hmm. What we did not do is introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Greg Dawkins, and that, the guy who's ex- that's going to Frugal McDougal's, is Ellis Metz. And we are indeed pumped about the uh, yearly release of the Bell's Hop Slam. This is a first for the Tennessee folk, right? That's right. Yeah, we got Bell's just a month ago. Well, two months ago now. So this will be big. But, I mean, in Alabama, I could expect it to be marked on the beer guys' calendars starting in, like, July. And I had to call around all night tonight. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I'm, I'm going to get excited about that here, too, as soon as I get off this podcast and figure out where in Orange Beach, if anywhere, it becomes available. But hey, let's talk about the National Championship game, shall we? There was a National Championship game that we have promised to recap, so we should. Yeah, well, I can only recap, I'll tell you why, but I can only recap <laughs> uh, the pregame. Uh, because uh, most of the game, I... Uh, Purposely ditched, and I'll tell you why in a second. But I can tell you, pregame was a blast. My buddy Adam parlayed a business trip uh, into the Arizona area into a uh, into a tax write-off trip for the national championship game, and a good friend of the show who will remain nameless, so that <coughs> I'm choking. Easy. Easy. On, I'm choking on beer. Um, he will remain nameless so that he can keep his job, got us into some swank digs, if you will. Uh, for instance, we happened to, uh, get into a little media party where there was, uh, Basil Hayden flowing. Then the next day we were invited to the Heisman house where we didn't actually go into the Heisman house, but we hung out out back and drank Frank, drank free beer and met one Mark Ingram. And if you follow us on our Twitter account, at H2 Heroes, you saw the picture of all that action going down. Just so, so jelly. That looked like a VIP party, and you fit right in, i got to say. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know how that happened, but in fact it did. Uh, I will say this. The Clemson folks uh, could not have been nicer for the most part. Uh, but they seem like jerks. 
Really? I don't know. I, I mean, I wasn't there, but just the pictures, there were the people in the full body tiger suits and they just, they were, I saw videos of them doing their chants on the airplanes. They did. I didn't like it. Okay. Here's the thing. They were friendly and, 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 and coming off the Ohio state game, I'll take friendly over dickhead any day. <laughs> um, but yes, I see why they're called Auburn Weather Lake. They are very rah, rah, <sighs> like Auburn. And you know we hate some we hate some spunk, Ugh. but you know they had plenty of spunk. But you know I remember my first national championship game, and maybe I was spunky then too. But you know I'm, at this point I'm a uh, I'm disenchanted and just used to winning. That's right. Because I will say this: when we're leaving the game, that was the funniest thing because they were so hyped up. Oh yeah. And when we're leaving, none of the Alabama people were just really saying anything or chanting or cheering. It was just like, well. We got another one. Moving on. <laughs> Who's got next? On to the next one. Exactly. But yeah, it. here's the thing with the get the game itself. Um, if you know me, you know when we're not playing well, um, I leave. And ordinarily, I leave Bryant Denny in a rickshaw. Yeah, and I sure. take it to Druid City Brewing, where we uh, have always, under that scenario, pulled out the win. Well, when you're in Glendale, Arizona, the possibility of taking a rickshaw to Druid City Brewing is not really available. Mm -hmm. So I found myself on the ramp outside the stadium following it on my phone. So I have very little say <laughs> about what happened during the game when we became tied 24-all. So tell the people, recap what the fabulousness was that I missed in Arizona. Bless your sweet gumpin' soul. Oh, you flew out to Phoenix and then watched your phone for... A decent portion of the game, at least. Oh, at least a half. Now, here's yeah. the thing. I recognize fully that my actions probably do not affect the outcome of the game. However, if I'd sat there and we lost, I would blame myself forever. No, I, I'm right there with you. I am convinced at this very minute that a fist bump I gave to this obnoxious girl that was me kind of, you know, it was an altruistic thing. I, I was, we're on the same team here. Let's get past how obnoxious you are. And enjoy this game, and we fist bumped seconds before the most beautiful onside kick anybody this side of what London I, Town? I, I I don't know. You I, like maybe any ever, any ever. Yeah, there probably is the best one ever. Although yeah. I can't say I witnessed it. Well, Tell us about it. I mean, we we have our we we although we have not named it yet, we're still back to our favorite plays. So give me your favorite plays. What was your favorite play of the game section of the podcast? Right. Uh, it has to be the onside kick. I thought and thought to try to find another one, but I've never seen a play that just caught everyone off guard. I mean, not only the players on the sideline, if you saw uh, a few of our players' post-game interviews, dang, we got the ball! Uh -huh. Some of those were classic. Um, but obviously the other team, the spectators, the commentators, and it just shifted the momentum so hugely uh, our boy, the Polish Sausage, who I'll admit earlier in the game I said, I hope he doesn't step back on the field right. after his missed field goal, uh, just placed the most perfect. I mean, he couldn't have thrown it better. He couldn't have tried it a hundred times and done it any better. Right. Uh, uh, the most beautiful little pop to my boy, Marlon Humphrey, who apparently had been dropping the ball uh, all season in practice. I think they said they've tried it once a week since the start of season, and he's dropped like seven of them or so, so about about 50% there. But he and your boy, 
Coach Bobby Williams, special teams oh, coach. Oh, God, I hate you. Who we never doubted. Just, just got to say, we, if you're a longtime listener of this show, you know we have stood by his side uh-huh. uh, like Tammy Wynette over here. Right. And, and there he was coaching Marlon on how to c- catch that ball. And sure enough, he caught it when we needed it. <laughs> I reckon so. I reckon so. And out of all that came the national championship. I, I guess I will talk a little bit about our boy, Hands of Stone. That's right. Who came through in the clutch? O.J. Howard, old O.J. Howard. <laughs> Gotta love him. Who I, my favorite thing coming after the game. And look, here's the deal: we're not going to recap the play-by-play of this game. Uh, we assume all of you saw it, so we're just going to hit the highlights. Uh, but I do assume. But my favorite thing after that game was somebody put. You know, they have Clemson's thing is Howard's rock. Somebody put O.J. Howard's rock mm-hmm, on it. It was the awesome. best. The best. Uh, but after the game, uh, we uh, have, have uh, recaptured our rightful place as national champions. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of programming note for you. The national championship parade will start at 10 o'clock on Saturday, January 23rd. Uh, starts at University on University Boulevard in front of Denny Chimes. And will end at the Walk of Champions on the steps of Bryant-Denny Stadium's north end zone entrance. Uh, you can find Coach Saban, his staff, and Eli Gold. We'll then see the event. So make it on out there if you can. Ordinarily, that's a little too gumpy for us. But the reason we're prepping it on this one is there's going to be a ton of recruits in town who are easily influenced, uh, as we learn by as we learned by one Raekwon Davis. So you know, go out there and yeah, no, we'll get to that. But uh, go out there and influence the 17 or 18 year olds, and uh, you know, do what it takes to make them uh, come on home. Yeah, no doubt. And let's. Hold off on the 17 and 8-year-olds. I feel like we're glossing over a national championship game. Which, we kind of are. As Tide fans, I know that's sort of our rightful thing to do. <laughs> but uh, it was it was pretty amazing. One, there was a lot of great social media uh, follow-up from the game. One of my favorites, which we retweeted from at H2Heroes, where you should be following us, was Dylan Lee, who said... Something along the lines of, once again, the loudest team on the field lost, which made me really happy. We were out there doing things the right way. Uh I want to ask you, I've seen a lot of Clemson folks pinning this one on the injuries. Are you giving that any credence? What injury? They had, well, you were were watching it from the uh, parking (laughs) ramp, I guess. Exactly. (laughs) They they had their running back come out of the game for a little while who I thought was totally replaceable, but he did kind of make a difference when he came back. And then uh, their boy, Mackenzie Alexander, who we heard about all week leading up to the game and who apparently uh, just has some sort of vision problem where O.J. Howards don't even register with his cones and rods up there. Uh, He came out for a series or two with some hammy injuries. He is uh, playing in the Senior Bowl, coming up, which we will also get to. So if you want one more chance to go raz a Clemson player, I strongly suggest heading down to Mobile. Well, I mean, all right. That just sort of smacks of the, the Colt McCoy bullshit. Look, football is a is a violent game, and people get injured. And I am the first to tell you that there that is an element of luck. I mean, uh, Clemson it was 12-0 and because they stayed healthy. Uh, you know, they anybody can go down at any time, and there is an element of luck in this game. And if you end up in this game, it is because you've stayed healthy. Um, so, 
if it, if if one of your players goes down, that's part of it, man. Uh, you need to be deep enough to overcome that. And I think that's what we've sort of tried to prove and what we tried to accomplish under the Saban regime is, you know, if, if, if a man goes down, it's the next man up. And if you don't have you don't have the next man up, well, then you're going to suffer because of it. And sorry, that's the way it goes. Had, you know, Derek Henry gone down, uh, we have people there who can fill that role. Had uh, Marlon Humphrey gone down, we have people there that can fill that role. And I'm sorry if you don't, then you're an inferior team and you deserve to lose. Ooh, scary but true. Got me over here throwing up praise hand emojis. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, one thing I feel like we should point out, I think we can all go back to kind of crushing on Dabo again, right? Can we? I think we can. That poor guy. His story, I, as hilarious I love as we I'm, made I'm, it. I've never stopped crushing on Dabo. I oh, love man. I really like bought into the hate uh, the last couple of weeks, which I am prone to do, obviously. Right, yes. Uh, I, I went as far as saying I, I hated pizza and all parties that involved pizza. Hate pizza? I hate a party. Hate right, it all. Right, right. But uh, now that the game's behind me, I think I can just laugh and, and admit to flapping my gums there. Right. All right, let's do this. Um, we have a friend of the show uh, right here in Orange Beach by the name of Brad Jordan, who is convinced that Dabo is our next coach when uh, Coach Saban decides to hang it up uh, to the great lake house in the sky. Now, you and I have different opinions about this. Do tell. Tell me where you are on the potential of Dabo Swinney become the next head coach at the University of Alabama. Well, I can't promise we're going to have different opinions because I can't remember the way I felt last time we talked about it. Right. You may right now, I'm convinced he's the guy. Okay. And after that game, I'm not totally bummed about it. Here's the thing that we kind of haven't said yet tonight. Uh, Clemson was really good. Yeah. I, I 100% disrespected them. I know that was their kind of shtick all year and thought that they were just saying that, but I really didn't buy in. And they gave us every bit that we wanted and probably should have won the game if right. not for a couple of really, really well-executed, I'll say, instead of lucky, uh, breaks by our guys. Yeah. Um, I I have... Here's my thing. All right, Dabo's personality right. does not necessarily fit with what we do. It's we don't dab. We, we don't dab. We mm. don't dance. We don't act a fool. We, you know... Uh, unless you're Avery Johnson, we don't we don't do any of that. <laughs> but maybe we should, um, because I'll be honest. If you can win ten get the only teams to win ten games for the past five years are us and Clemson, and he's wow. doing it and Clemson. Um, so I am I was on the fence just because of the personality issue, but I have sort of come around. I'm not convinced that it would be Dabo. But in the event that it is, people are going to lose their minds. You know, the, the gumps among us are going to think, oh, my God. But honestly, if you can win – Clemson – South Carolina does not have high school talent. He's going out of Clemson, out of South Carolina, pulled in talent, and he got himself in the national championship game and won 10, 10, 10 games a year. Now, let's be realistic for a minute. What we are experiencing now is unprecedented and may not ever happen again. Yeah. Um, so if you can win 10, 11 games a year in Tuscaloosa and make a title run every few, that is m more than what most people could expect. So, and I think Dabo can do that. So honestly, at this point, 
I'm on Dabo train, man. Yeah, I never, never thought I'd see the day for either of us, but uh, the results are there. And I think with some age, he'll surely mature and right. lose Get the dance moves. Yeah, because I mean, Saber's going to be here for he he has come out last week and talked about I can't I've been on a team since I was nine years old. I can't imagine not being on a team, which smacked a lot of what Coach Bryant said when he retired. He's like, well, when somebody asked about him retiring. And he said, well, I'd croak in a week and it took, you know, it took a month. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I can imagine Saban being the same way. And that's all you know, and you don't want to give it up. So until the result starts fading, I can't imagine the whole notion of Saban going out on top. I don't see that happening. I think he's there until the until we start winning eight or nine games and then he's gone. Yeah, I uh, I don't know about the eight or nine games, but I am fully convinced that he's still got a good bit left in him and intends to uh, to to let it all run out in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. What is he now, 63? I think he's older than that. Is he? Okay, I don't know. Uh, but I think we've got five more years at least. And surely, by, surely to God, by then Dabo will calm down. Yeah, and uh, Kevin Elko, I heard... I can't remember if I read it or heard him on Feinbaum. I think I actually tuned into Feinbaum to hear Start our boy. Because I did too and freaked out that I was actually... Listening to yeah, that. wow. That was weird. We shared a moment. Didn't even know it. Saban's 64, by the way. Okay. 64. I thought he was like 69. Jokes he's, aside. Yeah, I think we've got him until he's I think we've got him until he's 69, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, that is nice. Uh but Kevin Elko said, you know, he gets the impression hanging around him that he's just sort of entering his prime and not at all peaking or, or coming down the downside. So uh, stay tuned, I guess, huh? That is terrifying. If you don't know who Kevin Elko is, you should look him up. He's the, for lack of a better word, team psychologist mm -hmm. uh, who comes in and is the motivator, the psychologist, the... Uh, I would call him a motivational guru. Exactly. He does to kids' brains what Scott Cochran does to their bodies. Yeah, and he can tell... He he doesn't say it till the end of the year, but he can tell you exactly what was going to happen with the team. <laughs> yep, every I year. Mean, that's the thing is, you know, last, you know... He, the year that we won, I guess, nine games, he came out at the end of the year and said, yeah, they never had it. They didn't want it. Could have told you that. Mm -hmm. So, excuse me one second while I beat my dog. Oh, don't beat poor Steve. I'm going to fill this dog beating break uh, to cut in and talk about the NFL draft, which is coming in just uh, about a month and a half, I think. Yes, let's do it. And there were some surprises this week, I gotta say. And for the second year in a row, which obviously always already starts to scare me for the future, uh, all the surprises turned out really beneficial for fans of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, they did, as, as expected. Derrick Henry, Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, and, and a junior decided to declare for the NFL draft early. Um, as expected, Sean Robinson, also a junior, decided to declare for the NFL draft. Less expected were the capri pants that Sean wore. Well, I would look. If Sean wears capri pants, I'll wear capri pants. You'll wear capri pants. <laughs> I would do it with a grin and a dance. Exactly. If Sean, you do what Sean tells you to do, or he's going to swat you. Mm -hmm. And ain't nobody got no time for that. No. Uh, uh, that leaves us with the remaining people who were surprises, yes. just to list them off. O.J. Howard, Bruh. I know, the Reuben Missile Crisis, staying. Jonathan Allen, staying. The Polish Sausage, staying. Uh, O.J. Howard is staying, probably the biggest shock. Yeah, I especially thought 
I mean, he was kind of project, projected as the first or second tight end in the in the draft, and after his 208-yard, two-touchdown performance, won the offensive MVP, I thought he would strike while the iron is hot. Right. Uh, you know, you can't really teach his size and his speed, so an NFL coach can make him harder or whatever you want to say, um, but he apparently felt he wasn't quite ready for that step, so that's huge. Yeah, uh, Ruben Foster, the muscle crisis. Beep. Oh, no, right? 73 tackles. Uh, fourth on the team in tackles for loss. That's eight tackles for loss. And third in pass breakups on the team, which with nine of those. Uh, those are some pretty solid numbers that would get you uh, second or third round money in the NFL draft. And turn it, passed it down, passed it up. And he's staying. I, I don't know what's, before we get to the next two, what's going on? Why people I mean, are staying? Yeah. Well, I think part of it has to be you have to, it's probably really scary, I wouldn't know, but as a 19 or 20 year old to think, like, I don't really want to be in the NFL next year. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to just be bathing in money. Right, and, yeah. And that be sounds horrible money, to me. Being attacked by the strongest and fastest men in the world. Right, um, well, there's that, but, I mean, I just, I mean, it just looks, if I'm them, and I've accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, I am... At the top of my game, I have just won a national championship. If you're coming back to win one, I get it, but you've already done that. Well, yeah, and one argument that I think probably kind of shadowed over all these was how well Reggie Ragland did for himself by coming back one more year. Solid. I Solid. think he would have been a kind of a mid-grade linebacker in last year's draft, uh, but obviously earned a lot of respect during his senior year. I will say I'm not sure Ruben was mentally ready. Mm-hmm. And we've always kind of discussed his uh, yeah. interesting fundamentals approach. Right. And so maybe has some work to do, but I am super, super excited about uh, what he hope means for the team next year. I think, you know, you don't want to compare from year to year, but I think he could give us back to kind of a Rolando McClain, just mean, angry guy out there uh, who is not afraid to lower his shoulder. That's terrifying. It's uh, really Jonathan is. Allen had a legitimate shot to be a number one or early second round pick. Also chose to stay. He, along with Tim Williams, who is also staying, um, accounted for 22 and a half sacks this year. So let's just say that uh, the pass rush, the defensive end status, uh, the cupboard is not bare there. No. And in addition to those two, one that wasn't exactly surprising, but still exciting. Your fellow two five one or Ryan Anderson also staying. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, finally, the post sausage out of Griffith. Um, love him or hate him, um, it's good that you come back for a fifth year because after Eddie Pinero boned us, you right? hear us, Eddie? Boned us. <laughs> boned us. Go to hell, Eddie Pinero. Go to hell. <laughs> and let's point out that he's again like twenty five years old, so we don't feel I- bad saying that. Uh, exactly. If he was seventeen, I would, I would, I would be more gentle. But you're 150 years old. What have you been? He's like been in the Marines for 70 years or something. I don't know. Don't Go know. To, uh, no, he hasn't been serving the country. Let's not give him. Whatever. Anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, hey, Adam Griffith may have won us the national championship game, so exactly. I'll welcome that Polish sausage back with both my arms. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, one little other note on the personnel, a quarterback third string by the name of Alec Morris mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. deciding to leave the team and head to the North Texas. Is that a gr- mean green? 
I think it is the Mean Green. The Mean Green. So, is he, jo- is he joining their professional lake jumping team? Is that a thing? I don't know. You, you have history with that. Lake jumping? Oh, oh, Alec Morris. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, yes. I mean, you come off a lake with a bro one time and you just forget about it. <laughs> oh, man. That's I know he thinks about it often. He and I once uh, jumped off a dock a time or two together. We did get him to just throw us beers and he would throw like 50-yard spirals, which was sweet. Uh, <laughs> You're good like lake bro. Going in the ground like five five yards in front of you. Yeah, exactly. Good lake bro, less good starting quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide, but like all our transfers, uh, appreciate what he brought and wish him nothing but luck, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, here's a, um, let's talk about this. Let's talk about next year for a minute. Um, here's my hot take. I think we're going to be better next year uh, as a team. The, the, the numbers may not show it schedule-wise because next year we do – do a lot of traveling. We go to LSU. We go to Tennessee. We go uh, back to Ole Miss. We do a we. You know, this is that off year where the only good team we have, if you even want to call it that, that comes to Bryant Denny is Auburn. Uh, so we do a lot of going places. So we may do some losing next year, but my money's on this being, uh, in terms of personnel, skill wise, a better team. What do you think? That is a scorching hot take. Uh, <laughs> You know, with the defense that we bring back, it's just scary. I mean, the uh, Jay Talty from, I think, AL.com on Twitter uh, posted the 2D, projected 2D for next year's defense. And out of 22 guys, I would say 20 of them would be starters at literally any other school in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, just really an embarrassment of riches. And so... While it sounds absurd, I'll I'll allow your hot take. Okay, cool. And uh, I mean, uh, and here's and here's why. I've become convinced that uh, Lane Kiffin is a magician uh, because he made he made a star, and we're going to get to this later. He made a, a relatively in the end of the season. He made a star out of Jake Coker. If you can do that, you can do anything. And Blake Barnett, Blake Barnett, I think has more tools. He's been in the system. He needs to eat some cornbread because he is six five and weighs two hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. So he's a little boy who needs to he needs to become a man real quick. However, uh, I think that if he gets the job, he's prepared to step in and do it. Uh, and I and I hope he gets the job for several reasons. One, he has that smoking hot surfer girlfriend. True. Uh, but more substantially, he has the physical tools. Some quarterback coach whose name I can't recall said he was the most accomplished eighteen year old quarterback he'd ever seen. Uh, and finally, he's a sophomore. And I'm, dude, I'm just tired of uh, doing the quarterback boogie every single year. I'd like to get somebody in there who's going to be there and learns the system. And, you know, if, if you can get, if Lane Kiffin can make him into something as a sophomore, what can he be as a junior or a senior? Yeah, that's it's all a good point. I hope you're still wearing pants over there. Um, um, that's not much. Uh, but I mean, and look, the other, the other alternative is right. cover and, and <laughs> Cover Bateman got his opportunity against Ole Miss with the one thing he had to do was run the read option, and he could not do it. So, you know, if you're incapable of knowing how to do it, if you can't be prepared, you had your shot. I'll pass on you. A lot of time. Are you there? My takes takes are so much more mild. Oh, okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I said I'm just going to withhold some judgment till the spring. I think Barnett... Everything you just said, I would echo. 
But Bateman has received a lot of high praise too, despite such a uh, just sad showing against Ole Miss. I'm I'm not ready to ditch him just yet. All right, where are you on running back for next year? Running backs, though. Okay, this is one where I will side and echo your hot take that I think we may be better. It's bow time, y'all. I know. Are we going to have to go buy those Bojangles t-shirts? Ooh, hot lead, yes. can't believe I, I don't have one already. I know, right? It's, we need to go get those Bojangles t-shirts to say it, it's bow time. I would love that. Okay, so our backfield will consist of two five-stars. Uh, one will be... Kentucky native Damian Harris, who frankly, and I've heard this a lot of different places, kind of underwhelmed this year. Yeah. Um, just was a little timid, had trouble finding the hole, which everybody hates. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, just didn't exactly look like a five-star. But hey, that's happened before. People get a year off, another year I in mean, the program. Derek Henry was not lighting the world on fire his first year either. Me. I mean, he was good. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, think, you're right. You're right. I think he's better than what Damian Harris was. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, when you, it, it's it's a different story of when you're mopping up and when you're when you become the guy. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But speaking of the guy. Speaking of the guy, and we saw him just a little here toward the end of the season. Tuscaloosa native, number one in your hearts, and maybe number one on the field. Number four on the field. I don't know. I don't know. Bo Scarborough, uh, he is just a man-child at 6'2", 240. Um, You know, he's built a little, I would say, taller and lankier than Derrick Henry. Yeah. But he is just a beast, and by all accounts and all we've seen, um, should actually bring an improvement to the running back game. Yeah, I mean, his only downside that anybody can find is dude's got squirrels in his head. Um, he's a little crazy. You know, he's been to several high schools uh, for for a reason. So um, if he can keep his head under control, and we have to trust that, um, you know, people like Kevin Elko and uh, Lane Kiffin and, you know, and, and, and Coach Saban can do that, then uh, we could be buying its bow time tees instead of having to boycott Bojangles. But who knows? Yeah. Yeah, hope we don't have to. I know. Um, moving the only, on. Yeah, the only the only loss that I see being really detrimental, and um, it, it it harkens back to another one that I remember pretty well. Uh, losing Ryan Kelly at center yeah. is to me a lot like losing Barrett Jones. Um, he kind of controlled that unit. Um, <clears throat> they were better this year than they were supposed to be because of him. Um, at the same time, there's plenty of talent coming back, but you know, and 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 a lot of that is getting the exchange down. And that's another reason we do this year more than any year have to know who the quarterback's going to be because you can't break in a new quarterback and a new center. They have to be together. They have to be in sync. So we need to decide who the court, who the starting quarterback is and who the starting center is going to be so they can get their lives together before August whenever when we take on USC in Dallas. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we do, you you hit on it, I think we have more of a core returning next year than we did when Barrett Jones left. Hopefully Cam Robinson is ready to take on a leadership role and kind of play consistently angry like we saw a little bit in the national championship game. And so I feel a little better. And I've got to say, I'm not 
in tears over here about one Dominique Jackson leaving. Uh, poor guy. The, just I hope the door doesn't hit him in the ass on the way out. Yeah, he got manhandled by Clemson, tweeted after the game that maybe it wasn't his best performance, but he was still <laughs> glad the team got up <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to wear this ring anyway. Yeah. I had nothing to do with us getting it, but I'm sure going to wear it. Uh, oh, All the more power <laughs> to him. He, I hope, will take a shower at some point after the season. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, in that regard, with regard to people leaving, uh, as you know, uh, having, you know, lived in Mobile for a while until you unceremoniously packed up your stuff and left like a jerk, <laughs> uh, the Senior Bowl will be happening next week in the Port City. Your Todd's going to have five players participating. Uh, quarterback Jake Coker, running back Kenyon Drake, defensive back Cyrus Jones, linebacker Reggie Ragland. Defensive end, Jaron Reed, all will be immobile if you happen to make it down. The Senior Bowl is a hell of a show, guys. Uh, it sounds kind of dumb just watching, um, just watching, you know, uh, a glorified exhibition. If you've never been and you have the opportunity to go, it's it's a big old time. I would highly recommend, and it's not just because I grew up in Mobile, it's, it's a big time. Make the trip. It's a fun thing to see. Yeah, it's a blast. And if nothing else, you know, you'll run into Brian Van Gorder and have to point him to the nearest uh, strip club. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was going to say something about uh, some sort yeah. of dancing establishment. Right, and, uh, right. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, and then <laughs> at the game, the Alabama State Honeybees usually come break it down for y'all. So oh, God. It's, just, is, it's a good time. If you have never seen the Alabama State Honeybees, go see the Alabama State Honeybees. Oh, my gosh. I know, right? It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, of those players, getting back to something more relevant yeah so we won't waste your time like some commenters seem to think we're doing on roll Bama roll <laughs> uh but uh who or the senior bowl is a place where you can you can make some strides with the nfl or you can blow it mm-hmm. um and i have i have the, the the player i think can make the most strides and i think my pal ellis has the player who can blow it uh Going into this year, you know, Jay Coker, for the most part, has been what you call a game manager, never being asked to do too much. Uh, but uh, Jay Coker has the size to be a legit NFL quarterback, and he knows the system that NFL teams run. And I think, you know, I, I actually I don't just think this, I know this, they're getting tired of these read option guys who come into the NFL with all these stats and numbers, but they've become in the NFL and they have no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And there's a giant, they're a giant bust. For instance, Robert Griffin III. Uh, so when you get a guy who is who who is six five, who is a big guy, who's big is as big as Ben Roethlisberger, can take the hits. And as we've shown through the uh, Twitter account at Coker Deep Ball, he can throw the ball, he can th- sling the rock. Uh, that he. If he can show out in the Senior Bowl, that kid, I mean, there's been talk of, about him being drafted, you know, the sixth round anyway. But if he can show out, he can improve his stock substantially. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he proved time and time again to be fairly mobile uh, yeah. with such a big frame. And and Baby Roethlisberger was an apt nickname given to him by the team. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think there's a lot of potential. Yeah. Who can blow it? Reggie Ragland, man. I just, I gotta say, I have no idea why he even agreed to participate in the Senior Bowl. Typically, it's 
not always, but I mean, it's kind of reserved for players who still need to kind of add one positive footnote to their college careers. And as we discussed earlier, Raglan could have gone last year and came back this year, had over 100 tackles on the season, 10 sacks. Uh, really, I think, has proven kind of all facets of his game. And so if he were to come out and kind of tweak something, God forbid, or just blow some coverages, whatever could negative, uh, whatever negatives could happen, I think could be pretty brutal to his draft stock. Or yeah. only have the potential to be brutal anyway. Yeah, I mean, he may come, he may be perfect, and yeah. that's fine. But like, you, I agree with you completely. I mean, I think that guy's going to the second round no matter what happens. Yeah. So why do this? I mean, listen, we all love to get down on Dolphin Street, but that doesn't that, mean you have that, to play in the game. Exactly, exactly. Uh, whatever happens, um, I do plan on trying to make it up from Mobile. I'm not making any promises, but, uh, you know, I, I'm going to try to get up from Mobile and do a little stalking of some coaches. Yeah, and. Yeah see what's going on. That's a whole lot of fun. If you've never done that, the days before the Senior Bowl, uh, the coaches are out. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings coaching staff always wins the party. You can find them at the garage every night. If you endear yourself to them, you will find yourself just deep in some shots with them. Those kids are a blast. Uh, but anyway, we might get it up on our website. You want to talk about that? Uh, I can, sure. We are in the works. It should be maybe even by the time you listen to this podcast you are listening to. Uh, houndstoothheroes.com should be up and functioning. It's going to be just a fun place for us to kind of not only share the podcast and our always steaming hot uh, sports <laughs> takes. Right. There will be takes. But uh, kind of just some Alabama lifestyle. I think we're calling it Tide Lifestyle. We're calling it the Tide. We're not going to get those Tide Life stickers. We won't that do that yet. Yeah, yet, but yeah. Uh, there will be Alabama-made products discussed. We're going to give occasional recommendations on beer and booze selections, which we know a thing or two about. All too well. All too well. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be, uh, there will be a shop. You can get more Houndstooth Heroes gear because we just can't keep these things. So, uh, I think it'll be a fun little place to set as your homepage and maybe check every hour on the hour. I don't know. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Speaking of podcasts, we'll still, we'll, our podcast will still be there. We've got a couple of guys who've expressed some interest in doing them as well. Uh, So we're going to, you know, we may have have a few podcasts up you can check out. And like Alice said, you know, Alabama products, booze. uh, We're talking to a girl about doing, you know, getting in stores and talking about where you can get the next hot shirt. What's uh, you know what's going on with at 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 games? If you're if you're traveling to an away game, yep. we're going to give you the four one one on uh, you know where to go, what to do, uh, you know, so you won't just be wandering the wasteland like I did in Phoenix, Arizona. We will be your Bammer Sherpas. Exactly, we'll get you where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, we're, you'll do a we'll, we'll signing day is February the third. And we'll get to we'll do a podcast on signing day or you know related to signing day after it. We'll see what we what kind of haul we got, but just some preliminary stuff. I'm a little worried about recruiting and about about national signing day. What say you, Mister Matt? I just wanted a Raekwon so bad. I know. And I, have I last I heard as I was getting in bed last night, I happened to open the twitters, and now he's denying the reports that he's switched to Mississippi State. There's always one of these every year. Yeah. yeah. There's one of these things. Oh, he's flipped. He's not flipped. 
and then somebody's got to write a check, and it's and it's it'll be done with. But yeah, I mean, there is right now a real danger that your tide will not finish first uh, in the Ugh. recruiting rankings this year, or even top five. The horror. Uh, I know, right? Uh, right now, your Crimson Tide is number thirteen on the rivals' rankings, behind LSU, Ole Miss, Georgia, and Florida, with only two five-star players. Uh, oddly enough, both at offensive line. Charles Baldwin, he's this big six-five, three-zero-five cat from of all places. Brooklyn. He is the biggest bro in the world. He's gigantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we've got a dude by the name of Jonah Williams, who is six-five, two-eighty, hailing from Folsom, California. And yeah. Just, yeah, Folsom, the, the Folsom. Uh, oh, it is, the infamous Folsom. I, I mean, I, I, if we don't play Johnny Cash every time that kid makes a play, then we have failed as an institution. Agreed. Agreed completely. Right. Um, yeah, and of course we are in the mix for a number of others. The sky isn't totally falling. I was able to speak with friend of the program, Brian Selman, who was right. a long snapper on the team a little bit ago. And he just, we kind of discussed, you know, he said the younger players typically around this time get really active in recruiting. So I would expect, we already saw actually this week, uh, the Falconer himself, Mika Fitzpatrick. I can't believe he's not at the Falconer on Twitter. I know, right? I know. I can't believe he didn't didn't buy our nickname. (laughs) Uh, But he was tweeting at five-star player Terrell Hall, who's from the D.C. area, who said, he said something along the lines of, come down here and do it with me. Actually, he sent a Gump-made meme uh, oh my. about how everyone told him he wouldn't get playing time as a freshman and uh, he di- wouldn't have any fun at Alabama and all this and uh, kind of said, look at me now. So I think, yes, once some of those guys, I mean, Ronnie Harrison was all over the field in the national championship game, I would imagine that has to be really attractive to right. a high school kid. So yeah, we'll see. We, we are nothing if we... we... Everybody gets a shot, man. You know, right. if you got if you got the good, you get you get on the field. Uh so yeah, going Raekwon, you know, the, man, damn it, Raekwon. I, I know, I know, I know. I don't know what to say about him. But anyway, I guess we'll move on to give the people what they really <laughs> want and really the reason you're here. Let's take another look at the Crimson Tide Shooty Hoops. Woo woo. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Look, we mentioned last week your Tide faced a tall order for its first five conference games of the year, and uh, they did not disappoint. Uh, (laughs) The Kentucky game was kind of a foregone conclusion. They were coming off a loss to LSU. The students were not in town. It was just a recipe for disaster, Mm -hmm. and a disaster occurred. However, then, undefeated in number 19, South Carolina rolled into town, and somehow our boy Riley Norris uh, had a career-high 27 points, Leading the tide to a seventy-three to fifty win. Yeah, and now, you've been on Norris since he even stepped foot on campus. You want to talk about that? Oh God! <laughs> Plucky Cub reporter Mark Torrance, who is currently uh, serving his time in New York City working for Patch. If you don't follow Mark Torrance and all of his exploits, you should do that. He is at Mark Torrance with a C. With a C, because um, he's like that. Right, he is fancy like that. You Nashville bros. Um, yeah, he. Pulled out, pulled out a deep cut tweet of mine from before Raleigh Norris was on campus when I tweeted, well, at least Bama Hoops signed some honky from Sand Mountain. Uh-huh. And so Mark, so Mark responds, 
I, the day he's lighting up the, the, the stadium, do you think he's any good? There's I don't know how he found that. From three, we, from three years ago. I was really amazed by that, but I, uh, just another sign that you should take all that we say as gospel and that our takes always come true. <laughs> always right. Always right. Uh, so then, after that, there was a trip to the dreaded Memorial Gym in Nashville, Ugh. which one of us That's right. attended. Tell us all about it, man. Well, we had boots on the ground, and I got to say, I wasn't alone. There was a fair <laughs> contingent of Alabama fans there. I'm Middle Tennessee, no stranger to Gump Nation, so that was nice to see them turn out on a cold night. Uh, just never really got it together. Um, our free throws were horrendous. I didn't look it up because I couldn't bear the thought of finding out what the final numbers were, but there were many, many times where we missed both ends. Uh Um, Just not our best showing. The cool part, I've got to say, was, and and this is not surprising given who he is, Coach Avery Johnson, who said, no thanks, Vanderbilt basketball and Memorial Gymnasium. I will have none of your poorly designed basketball court. And instead of sitting under the goals as they uh, try to encourage he stood on the sideline just like there was a regular bench there. Like a normal person would. Yeah, exactly. And so he was just all alone, kind of this small little but still intimidating uh, figure there. And you could hear him yelling from anywhere in the arena, which was pretty cool. He was uh, active as ever. And while not our best showing, it was still a billion times more exciting than any Grant Skitball game I ever attended. Let me tell you, man. Uh you know, look. The one thing, the one good Anthony Grant's ever done is win that one game in Nashville. That one, uh, I remember. But aside from that, it had been thirty years since we won there, so there were no expectations to go into Nashville and win that game, and that was no exception. Uh, so, but so Vanderbilt prevailed seventy-one to sixty-three. Yeah, and I will say the good news there, uh, we did cover the eleven-point spread as everyone on our Twitter poll predicted. They exactly. didn't have any other choice. And also, Vandy scored over 65, so I got free Moe's queso. Oh. Wasn't that something? I'll take it. (laughs) All right, fair. Um, All right, the gauntlet ends tonight. Uh, After tonight, I think we have LSU and Tennessee at home. LSU game is sold out, so don't even try. Tennessee is available, so you can go get you some tickets to that. But the gauntlet ends tonight with a trip to Auburn, where somehow your tide tide has been installed as a two-point favorite. However, I am wary, and let me tell you why. Auburn is coming off a win over Kentucky, and for whatever reason, they have been given bulletin board material by one Jimmy Taylor. Uh, Somehow somebody asked him the question about sweeping Auburn last year. Jimmy said, this is our state. But I thought it was the state of Auburn. Right, but it's not. No. Now, despite the truth of what Jimmy said, you know, a barner can get its stander up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Jimmy better put his money where his mouth is tonight, and uh, and do some performing because Auburn can beat your Crimson Tide. However, um, if Vegas is right, and let's hope they are, your Tide may escape uh, the loveliest village with a win tonight. But uh, and it will be happening currently at seven twenty. So it's happening exactly forty minutes from now. Though you won't know this because you won't be listening right now. <laughs> That's right. We just give you the latest updates for exactly. when you listen to this. Like we're on a live broadcast. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, all right. Well, thank you for joining us as always. Uh, as we mentioned, we have T-shirts available. Basketball-oriented T-shirts are available right, right now. 
we are currently in the midst of deciding to do a little collaborative thing with uh, Tuscaloosa-based Druid City Brewing uh, with national championship t-shirts. If you're familiar with their chalkboard art, it's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. So we're going to work uh, the uh, the uh, wave uh, drowning the Clemson Tiger chalkboard art into a national championship theme tee. Uh, we're going to try to make those available. Uh, if you'd like one and like for us to follow through with that, you might want to tweet us at Heroes and tell us that you'd like a t-shirt. Because if there's no interest, we're not going to do it. So uh, let us know if you want one, and we will follow through. Again, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, at h 2 Heroes. Listen to us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or coming soon on the new houndstoothheroes.com. Again, thanks for joining us. Take us home, brother. All right. Y'all be good. Roll Tide.